Welcome to another episode of the Hot Hot Hoops Podcast. I'm your host, Brandon Aperno, joined as always by my co-host, Matt Hannafin. And we are here to talk about the finals, baby. Podcast preview for the NBA finals. You would have, if you would have suggested that Matt and I would have been doing one of these about two months ago, we would have laughed right in your face. But hey, <laughs> here we are. Yeah, no, I remember, heck, I think it was after the first round. I was like, hey, like, what do you think your reaction would be if I told you we beat the Bucks in five games? And it would have been like, I'm laughing hysterically at you. And now the Miami Heat have not only beaten the Milwaukee Bucks, they've beaten the New York Knicks in six games. They beat the Boston Celtics in seven games after almost being on the wrong side of history. Uh, I mean, we're not going to go. We'll save this for a different time. But like, this is just a historically great run that's unprecedented. And remember, Miami was negative in point differential this season. They were only six games above 500. They were an eight seed, most importantly. They played a gajillion clutch games, and now they're in the NBA Finals against the Denver Nuggets, who are arguably the best team in basketball right now. So let's let's hop right into it. I love it. Um, you know what? I got to shout out my friend Tim Marzo. Uh, uh, he lives in Denver now um, from Jersey Boy. Um, but he he messaged me after the game the other day and I because I told him, oh, yeah, man, it's been a, a roller coaster ride. And he said, but this is why we watch sports. And he's absolutely yeah. he's absolutely right. Yeah. Um, you know, there's a, if, if you don't promote this podcast today, uh, Matt, when it goes up with the Paul Rudd. Who would have thought meme? I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> I'll try to remember. I'll try to remember. I've had a couple. Yeah, I've had yeah. a couple funny ones for, but usually I don't have like, like a gif or like a photo for it. I'll try to remember that. But no, yeah, mm-hmm. I don't think. Yeah, no one would have thought this. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine about this maybe a week and a half, two weeks ago, and he's just like, did, did, "Did anyone like really expect that?" And I'm like. Outside of the guys in that locker room, no, no one expected this. Uh, and you've seen it nationally, you've seen it locally. Uh, you and I, we we didn't expect this at all. And so it's just, just been a beautiful run. But in the words of Kobe Bryant, job ain't finished. Um, job's not finished. So Miami's still got to get four more. Uh, it's accomplishable. It's going to be. It's their most daunting task yet. It's their it's their most challenging task yet. Uh, only because, again, to be the best, you got to beat the best. Um, I have tremendous respect for Denver, their team. They have a great team. They have a two-time MVP. They have one of the best playoff performers in recent memory, Jamal Murray. Like they have, this team is freaking loaded. Um, and so let's get into the nitty gritty of it. Where do you want to start? Um, let's start in 2016, the last time the Heat won a game in Denver. <laughs> Well, yeah, I was going to, I actually, for like, for a second, I was like, wait, didn't they beat Denver in the bubble? But I was like, wait, that's the bubble. Uh, I think that, correct yeah. me if I'm wrong, but I think that was Miami's first game of the bubble and they beat Denver. Uh, but that was, I think, Honestly, one in, I think they're one in seven in their last eight games in Denver or against Denver, excuse me. 2020 is a time that I'd mostly like to forget, but I did enjoy, I, I did enjoy the bubble quite a bit, but I, I don't remember <laughs> if that was the first game or not. Yeah, yeah. The both the bubble got it got my mental health through the pandemic. Yeah, right. Um nevertheless, uh yeah, man, I, I'm not sure. I um I will say this. I think this is a basketball purist stream. Um I got to see Jokic play live once the season. Um so did I. against New Orleans. 
and uh, he's spectacular. Like, I've never seen a man move so slow and amass a triple-double in so little time. Um, he's he's a force of nature. Um, I'm really kind of interested to see how Bam uh, plays him, because in the past, Bam has had success against Jokic. He plays him actually pretty well. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and, you know, I was, um, I was watching a little clip. I think it was from, uh, the NBA show on, uh, ESPN, uh, today. And it was, uh, Tristan Thompson, <laughs> who seemed to just take an ESPN vacation to play for the Lakers for a hot sec. But, uh, he was showing <laughs> clips of himself, um, against, against, uh, against Denver in the conference finals. And he was like explaining like what you have to do to try to stop him. And it was like the body yeah. on him, forced him to the, he's still getting a shot off, but make him get a worse Shot off. Yeah. And I feel like that's something Bam can do. And it's something is, no go on, finish. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I was saying that Bam is an athlete, man. He's strong as hell, which is yeah. why I get angry when he doesn't when he tries to put bunnies up instead of trying to slam back a putback, you know. Um, but I think you know, on offense, Bam leverages his speed because despite Jokic's pure like strength, like man mountain type strength, uh, he's not that he's not as fast as Bam. Uh, but I also, I think just Bam needs to be particular, man. He's good. Bam's going to be bruised up, you know? Um, interesting enough, too, uh, I saw a quote from Spo and the presser that uh, he envisioned Zeller and, and Love getting uh, some burn um, this series. I'm okay with Love getting some burn because I think, you know, the spacing and stuff will, will help. But, uh, man, I guess you got to give Bam a break and put Cody on him. I just think I just think uh, you're going to lose those minutes. And I like Cody Zeller. I think he works really hard. But those Celtics minutes were uh, were something else. I mean, just the playoff minutes in general were have been tough in in general. Uh, but going back to your first point with Jokic and like, yeah, the thing with the thing with Jokic is you got to be physical with him. I mean, if you go back and watch some of the regular season matchups that Miami and Denver had, I mean, there's not a whole lot. I don't. I'm, I might have talked about this with you before, but the it's weird because it's like Jamal Murray and Aaron Gordon didn't play in their second meeting this season. And then, uh, I, well, there was Miami was also missing bodies. Their first match. I can't remember who exactly, but like, it, it it's hard to take away. Like I think Jamari Bouye and Orlando Robinson was getting like Orlando Robinson played both of these games and was getting like at least 20 minutes a night. Like that's how much he was playing. Um, and so it just from like, if you go back and like, look at the film, it's hard to take away some things from this, just based on like the personnel and like who was active and who wasn't. But the one thing that's been consistent with just from the film that I watched me, Bam played both these games, but the thing with Bam is he's, he, as you kind of illuminated to, he's very physical with Jokic and he makes him work for everything. I mean, Miami will front and, the thing with fronting Jokic is, yeah, you want to make sure that you have help behind Bam if he is fronting Jokic and they're trying to make every entry pass as hard as possible. Like they're they're going to put ball pressure on whoever's passing the ball, um, and to, just to make that entry pass that much harder. But then, like the the risk about that is if you throw it up and Jokic catches it, well then Jokic is such a good playmaker to where guys will be cutting or guys will be stationary on the perimeter, and if you help too much from that back line. Well, then he, he's going to get that ball out of his hands quicker than just the snap of the finger. And he's going to find the open player or he's going to have. I don't know, Gabe Vincent or Kyle Lowry or someone much smaller than him on that back line just to shoot over 
because he's seven foot tall and he's just a gigantic human being. And so that there's risk with that. But then like the thing that I know Tristan talked about, because I did see that clip as well, um, was trying to push him out. And that's just like a general thing that Bam has done a pretty good job of over his career is when he's going up against guys who are bigger than him. He's done a pretty good job when they're not in zone, him pushing guys out and making them catch the ball 10 feet from the basket or 15 feet from the basket, as opposed to somewhere closer within that range. And so that's also going to be something that's important because if they don't front Jokic and Bam plays behind Jokic, well, then he's going to have to make him catch it at a point. He's going to have to push him out to some extent. And then Jokic is in a situation where he's catching it 15 feet from the basket and he's either going one-on-one. I don't, it depends on where like the different help is and everything. Who's one pass away, who's two passes away, et cetera, et cetera. But um, there's ways that Miami can go about this, but the thing with Bam in these two meetings that just I looked up, I looked at over these last couple of days was he was just ultra physical with Jokic, as you should be. You yep. have to make him work for everything, and um, this is the final boss for not just the Miami Heat, but it's the final boss for Bam out of Bio. I mean, you've seen at times this postseason where he's had to exert himself physically, whether it's like boxing up Mitchell Robinson or Isaiah Hartenstein or trying to hold up against like a Robert Williams on the interior um, a lot, like just along those lines or like defend Giannis Antetokounmpo when he's healthy. Like it's, he's had to defend multiple people and that's what he always does. Cause he's bam effing at a bio. He's one of the best defenders on this planet for a reason, despite the lack of first team, all defensive award members and p- perhaps missing one or two defensive player of the years that he might or might not have, or Meyer, Meyer might should or should not have won. Um, but regardless, like he's, he's the one guy that, or not the one guy, but he's definitely a guy that can make Jokic work. But um, just to kind of, I know I'm on a little bit of a ramble here, but like the thing with Miami that they did in that game seven against Boston, that I'm not sure how much they're going to do just based on what the film that I just watched and, just from what they've done throughout this postseason is switch. And they switched a whole, like Kevin O'Connor, I think had a stat where they switched 40 of 58 pick and rolls against Boston. I think that's, again, that's something that you can do, or at least you can live with more when you're going up against like a hobble, Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown or whatnot. Like you can, you can afford mm-hmm. yourself that. Well, then if you afford, then if you put, if you, if you, if you decide to switch like a Murray Jokic pick and roll, which they're going to run a lot, then you're going to have a small on Nikola Jokic. And then, I mean, he can see over the defense. He's likely going to be a half foot bigger than whoever he's getting switched on to, unless it's like a Haywood Highsmith or or Jimmy, or like Caleb Martin, who's 6'5", or like a Jimmy Butler, who's 6'7". Like, that's what makes it tough for Miami. Like, from what I saw, at least from the these two regular season games, is it felt like they were dropping a lot more. And again, there's risks and rewards to that, depending on who's tacking, depending on who's one pass away, two passes away, depending on if Jokic is actually rolling, if he's stopping 15 feet from the basket, kind of in that short roll area, or if he's completely diving to the basket. Like, there's multiple things that Miami's going to have to think about. Like, if they do, they're going to have to scramble and recover and do whatever they can. But um, it's this is again, this is a chess match. This is the NBA Finals, man. This is it's not supposed yeah, to be easy. It's not supposed to be easy. Go on. There's there's one thing I want to kind of draw attention to because I think it'll be brought up in the next little bit. Um, 
I think you'll definitely see this uh, the stat on ESPN. I don't think it's fair. Bam has averaged like 13.4 points, 6.9 rebounds, and 2.8 assists in 12 games versus Nikola Jokic in his career. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so they might talk about that because you'll see that stat and be like, well, Bam needs to be better than that, you know, if the Heat are going to win. But I just wanted to bring up the last few games that he's played against them. And keep in mind, these are pretty much season-long deficits. But in 2021, he scored 24, 13, and 6. In 2022, are these uh, averages? Yeah, or no, this is just the the last three games. That's oh, okay. right, got it. Yeah, December 30th, 2022, right before New Year's, he had 22, 7, and 2. And then mm-hmm. in, uh, in February, uh, February 13th, he had 19, 2, 2, and 2. So remember, we talked about um, we talked about how, you know, in, in the past, like Bam needs to be that secondary score for the Heat. Uh, and, you know, the 10, 12 points again, Boston just weren't going to get it done. Um, and then everyone's pretty much saying, well, Bam, you know, he's not going to be able to get his offense because he's going to be so focused on defense. Bam gets his offense against Nikola Jokic. It happened. He's been doing it the last three years. Mm-hmm. You know, the last time he scored less than, let me see, less than 10 points uh, was in 2019. And he's grabbed 11 boards. So mm-hmm. let's let's give Bam a little bit of credit. I think he'll be able to do a lot here. Um, what kind of worries me about Denver, and it's the same thing that worried me about select members of the Celtics crew, is who's going to be the Heat killer? Because I have candidates, man. I have candidates. I have, I have one in my head, or I have a couple in my head, but go on. Okay. I'm curious to see if we overlap. Um, because I think KCP can be a heat killer again, uh, just because he was a nuisance in the, uh, in the bubble finals. Um, mm-hmm. I think that Reggie Jackson has the potential of being a heat killer. Is he even going to play? Well, I don't know, but if he does, I think he has the potential. And I think um, he's like completely out of that rotation. I don't foresee him at least getting minutes for these first couple of games, unless something yeah, catastrophic are happens. Different Anything can happen. And then there's Ish Smith who, also, I think could be a potential heat killer, depending on what the rotation looks like. I don't think Aaron, I think Aaron Gordon maybe, but I, like I like as, as spectacular an athlete as he is, uh, I feel like we might be able to do some stuff on uh, on defense. And um, I'm like partially concerned about Bruce Brown, but mm, KCP is my my biggest worry. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know if Ish or Reggie are going to get much playing time. But here's the guy that I'm thinking of. They still um, scare me. I mean, yeah. Well, I mean, just this is like 2021, Matt speaking, but we've seen like just the weird Ish Smith games, like when he was on like Washington and shit like that. But, um, exactly. Yeah, they have these, the, but, these but again, players. like these guys, I don't think this is the NBA finals, bro. Like this, this isn't like some January ass game where I don't think they're going to play. <laughs> If I'm being just no, real with you, no, they no, might. No, I mean, again, fair, if like injury or foul trouble happens or whatever, but I just don't for like, unless if it's like garbage time or someone's getting their ass kicked by 30, I don't think they're going to play that much. But anyways, no, just like, I, look, I look back like KCP averaged 12.8 points, 2.8 rebounds and 2.0 assists in, uh, in the six NBA finals game in a bubble. Like this right. guy, well, KCP, this guy no, KCP is going to play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but like that's the thing. Like, uh, yeah, KCP obviously killer, and then like uh, those guys just like they worry me because they have the potential just to get hot if they ever see the floor. That's more than fair. The guy that I'm thinking of is Bruce Brown. Yeah, Bruce because Brown. he's one where like he's a guy that 
when we can we can go a little bit i want to touch on like bam after this because i want to like kind of add on to your point that you were making earlier about his offense but um and just in regards to bruce brown the thing with miami is since i mean again miami was the most zone frequent team in the nba this season if you go back and look at the tape he was getting a lot of shit from the corner and the wing Mm -hmm. in miami zone or against miami zone rather He's and not he's, a heat killer, though. The, the only time he's had a 20-point game versus Miami was March 3rd, 2022, when he still played for Brooklyn. Yeah, but he still had 16 in one of their meetings this season, and then he had 13 in another. Week. And this is in, like, that, I mean, that's not, oh, uh, yeah, it's not 20-point-per-game stuff, but he's still going to get looks from deep. I mean, he took, it's, he went 2 of 5. It's not Malik Monk, though. <laughs> It's not Malik Monk, but he's still going to get. He went what two of five in their February meeting, and then three of seven from deep in their in their December meeting. Like he's still going to get looks from deep. Like he's definitely oh, yeah. one where at home, like he can get five, six, seven attempts up, and again knock that. There might be a night where he goes like four or five from deep or something like that, and that completely. I mean, dude, again, it's the NBA Finals. This shit's going to be close. It's going to be in the mud for the most part, at least that what we think it is. And so it's like that can swing a run. Like that's. And especially with him, it's like he's another body that you can, like, when he's not spacing the floor in Miami zone, I mean, they're going to help off him anyways, and so he's still going to get looks up. And, he's again, he's going to be playing 35, 40 minutes a night and adding on to the fact that he's just another body. Like, yeah, there hasn't been many players to stop Jimmy Butler this season, but he's absolutely one that can, like, size up on Jimmy. Or he can be a guy that runs around screens and becomes a chaser off ball for like a Max Struess or a Duncan Robinson or a Gabe Vincent. Like he's going to be an impactful player or even like a, he's a guy that you can throw at Caleb Martin. Um, like Bruce Brown is going to impact this game or this series on both ends of the floor. And like he's absolutely, I mean, yeah, again, if we're going to define heat killer by 20 point per game scores, like I don't think there's going to be many players on this roster in general that do that but in terms of impacting a game if if in terms of impacting a game bruce brown's absolutely one of those guys that can do that and be a heat killer in that aspect and maybe not he he might not put up 20 points a night every night like again denver doesn't have many players on the roster that can do that regardless but he's still going to be someone who's going to get up multiple threes a game he's going to be someone who could swing a run and same with kcp i mean we saw kcp i remember i think it was uh, he's he's one body that you can throw at Jimmy. I mean, he's been he's a phenomenal defender, and he's still very good defensively. Like I remember, I want to say it was might have been Game Six against uh, Phoenix. It's either Game Five or Game Six. Like he was he was getting layups in transition. Like he was getting like open. I mean, he gets open threes anyways. But he he was impactful on both ends of the floor, and he's another guy. Like when Denver pushes the ball, he's absolutely one of their best spot up threats. Um, and Denver is a team that will push the ball off rebounds. They'll push the ball in trend, like obviously push the ball off steals, but they're a team that will operate fast in the half court. I mean, I don't know how much you, how much of the Lakers series you, you watched, but it felt like every miss that, or at least in, over a few of those games, it felt like every miss that LA had, Denver was just knifing him in transition. And this is just off of rebounds. Like Jokic was just getting the ball and he was just pushing. And then when you have, Michael Porter Jr., Bruce Brown, sometimes Jeff Green, sometimes KCP flanking you, well, then, yeah, that, you're going to have open shots. Uh, and then, of course, when you have Eric Gordon knifing through the lane, too, like that's just another threat that people have to take account of. And so it's like 
there's just a bunch of there's like KCP is absolutely one, but I think Bruce Brown's one of the bigger ones. And then, I mean, Michael Porter Jr. is an interesting case study in this series because he's six ten and he has he has one of the highest releases in the entire league. He gets so much damn lift on his shot. Um, and so like he's absolutely one who I mean, again, he flourishes at home. He went five of thirteen from three in their uh, December meeting. Uh, or excuse me, in their in their February meeting, and uh, he didn't. Pl- he, I don't think he played in their second. Oh no, he did. He went zero of three from deep. Uh, but regardless, like he's he's another one to where he like he can get hot within a, like an instant, and he can go seven to ten. I'm not seven to ten. That's maybe a little much, but like he can still he's capable of hitting five, six, seven threes in a game and completely swinging a stretch that can get him. 20 to 25 points if Miami's leaving him open or if they're helping off him too much. I don't know if they will, but like, again, when you're a team that plays so frequently zone, like you're going to get open shots from deep and Denver's a team. It's not like they don't know how to solve a zone. Denver's one of the best zone teams in the league offensively. And so it's going to be a real problem for Miami, especially when you have Nicole Jokic operating at the high post. That's just such a disadvantage that Miami's in because uh, you're having to help off that. I think Look, the Spoas use the zone like a genius, like like in in a genius manner throughout the entire playoffs. So I think uh, I don't think he's the type to stick with it if they're getting if you're offering five to six, seven threes to one player. I think uh, I think Spoas going to change that pretty quick. I mean, you know, we've gone from you know we've gone from man to zone in a, a, over a TV break. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like he's gonna he's gonna, he's gonna tinker. Like he's gonna mix it in, but he's not gonna. I don't think he's going to use it as much as he did like games five, six, and seven against Boston. It really did, and, and really like it's hard to make judgment calls until we see it. Like, yeah, Boston, for example, couldn't score against the zone, whereas yeah. the Nuggets might be able to. So, what if we see different things, man? Like, what if we start seeing a little bit of a half court trap, or what if we start seeing uh, some pre- like I doubt it, but you know, you might see some presses or that kind of thing as well. Like, suppose going to tinker. He's oh, I think he's of- gonna. I think he's gonna like at least. There's definitely gonna be instances where he's gonna have Gabe pressure Jamal. There's abs- oh. that's absolutely gonna happen. Like I, as I'll- long as Gabe's on the floor, there's definitely gonna be cases. Like he's again. This is suppose he's gonna throw the damn kitchen sink. He's gonna throw the bathtub. He's gonna throw uh, the the pan in your in in the drawer. He's gonna throw the chips in the pantry. Just all of it. He's gonna throw everything that he's got in that damn house at Den. Like that's just that's just what's gonna happen and. I think he's going to mix in the zone, maybe just for a possession or two after timeouts. He might go to it in the non-Jokic minutes when they're going five out. Like there might be, there might be multiple instances where they go to zone. And again, this is a, it's not your typical zone. And so it's something that might stymie Denver for at least a few possessions. And I don't know if Miami's going to be consistent with it, depending on the Denver success rate. But again, this was the best zone team in the NBA. And it's not like Denver hasn't seen the zone before, but like, who knows what adjustments that Spolster is going to make? Who knows the personnel that he's going to have on the floor when he uses that zone? Like, there's multiple different factors here, as you mentioned. Yeah. No, I mean, like, we're going to see. Um, actually, we need to give a, a little bit of credit and highlight um, fellow Canadian Jamal Murray, who is definitely <laughs> going to be a, a big factor um, in this series because it's kind of like, a, I think I said it on a couple podcasts or at least a couple pods ago, uh, whereas, like, the, he can win a series like this if they're taking one player out of the equation. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it's really, it's, it's a, it's a perfect balance, right? Because you can't have a heat killer go off 
and have Jamal Murray and have Jokic going, you can have pretty much one of the two going. Um, and you'll find a balance in that, like they did with Jalen Brunson, uh, like they did with Giannis and like, uh, like they did with, um, Tatum at times because Jalen Brown never got it going. There's something I want to talk about with Jalen Brown too in a moment from first take, uh, that, in that birthed an amazing JJ Reddick meme. Uh, but with that being said, yeah, uh, Jamal Murray has been fantastic. He has games where he absolutely explodes. The Heat are going to have to turn that down because he's very much looking back uh, or he's very much looking like the player he was in the bubble again um and mm-hmm. kudos to him for recovering so well from the acl tear but he is a real threat we gotta watch out jump into the first take thing really quick because i need your reaction to this matt hold on can i talk about a couple things really quick yeah yeah okay cool, cool. i want to uh, one i want to hit on uh this i mean i'm kind of going to tie these two things in together so like but i wonder how much mismatch hunting that Jimmy's going to try to do in this series because again as we've seen in the past Aaron Gordon has had success against Jimmy in terms of like that's definitely a body that has a higher success rate in terms of like Aaron Gordon is a very good defender he has length he's like 6'9", 6'10". I mean we saw what he did in the first couple of series especially against Kevin Durant Devin Booker like, yeah, I mean, Devin Booker was getting his, but like when, I mean, it was mostly, it was mostly on Kevin, uh, but he was making it tough as shit on him. And that's Kevin Durant that we're talking about. Like, that's not, it's one of the best scores that we've seen in our lifetimes. And Jimmy, especially with the ankle injury, like he, he looked like a superhuman in that Bucks series. He looked a little slowed down. He, he was getting doubled time after time against the Knicks. And then, he slowed down a little bit and wasn't taking as big of advantages and mismatches against like Al Horford or Robert Williams. And they were more disciplined with them as you and I have talked about. Uh, but Aaron Gordon is something to look out for. And I wonder how much they're going to mismatch hunt, especially trying to put Jamal in these actions. Like I wonder how many high pick and rolls that they're going to do. How I wonder how they're going to try to move Jamal around, make him the low man, make him, make him stun, make him like, like run around staggered screens. Like, I wonder how they're going to use him to kind of exert himself physically. And like with stamina wise, so he, he gets taken a little, so that like, cause I mean, the more that you, you exert your energy in that facet, um, it's, I think the harder it is going to be from offensively, he's still going to get his, but like, I just wonder how they're going to go about attacking that. And then the thing that I want to tie into that is like, the thing I want to talk about with Bam earlier, you mentioned Bam's scoring outputs, what, the last three games? And they were all fairly good. Uh, but the thing with Bam, um, and spoiler, this is going to be my like biggest three questions for the series tomorrow, is Bam's short roll playmaking. And really, it's just his short roll decision making because Denver is a team, whether it's Jokic in the pick and roll or whether, I mean, it just depends on who's involved in the pick and roll, but they do like to send two to the ball. And so Bam will be in four on three, three on two situations, plenty in this series. And his decision making, whether he's like going to shoot the floater, whether he's going to shoot the layup, whether he he finds and finds a guy open from deep, like there's going to be plenty of times where he's putting himself in those situations, whether it's off a triple handoff or in a pick and roll or whatever the case is. And that's also kind of like where Duncan Robinson and Max Struess come into effect and play in the series. It's like, I think there's going to be plenty of times where there's going to that two man game between Duncan and uh, Bam is going to work really well 
for better or worse, or not for better or worse, but like whether it's Duncan Robinson drawing two or whether it's him, like they're playing drop, they're attacking Jokic or whatever, and he's getting an open look from deep. Or even like the times where they do it with Gabe Vincent, even though Gabe Vincent's better off the bounce, like there's going to be times where Bam or whoever is the handler uh, draws two to the ball. And that's going to be, I think, really important in like the short roll and stuff like that. What about the potential of Tyler? I mean, Tyler, I mean, yeah, you, you, we talked about kind of using him as like a decoy. I mean, I don't know how much run he's going to get again, but like if there is a time where he is used in that, in that facet, again, Denver is a little bit more aggressive with their ball screen coverage at times, especially with Jokic in the action. But Jokic is also pretty good when he plays at the level of the screen. But like, again, if you can get like a Michael Porter Jr. or something like that involved in that action and you're having, I, I don't know if you, if you have a four on three on the backside, well then bam, that's where bam flourishes because it depends on if a guy's at the dunker spot or like from beyond the arc or whatever, but bam is good in advantageous situations like that. And he's shown time and time again, that he can succeed with his decision-making. And I think that's going to be really important, not just for his scoring output, but like when he's not playmaking from the high post or from the mid post on the wings or whatever, he's going to be doing shit like that. He's going to be making decisions on the fly while he's driving to the basket or possibly just scoring. Like it, I think that's going to something like that's a, it's a facet of his game that I'm intrigued about for this series more often than I was before in the previous couple of series. I mean, I know the Knicks hedged a lot. Boston was dropping slash switching a little bit with this. It's, it's different because Bam will now be put in those situations and will probably have more space to roam or not roam, but more space to operate. And I mean, guys like Jimmy and guys like Haywood when he's playing, will roam that dunker will roam those dunker spots. And so it makes for a good high low combination between the two players. And so I wonder again, I just wonder how they go about that. But that's just kind of like something to look out for for Bam out of bio in the series, which is his short roll decision making in those three on two, in those four on three situations, if he's being put in the situations, just depending on who's on him and depending on if they go to that action and depending on how Denver adjusts, whether they go to switching or dropping or whatever. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you. Um, jumping to the controversy thing, because I think it'll be a decent way to end the pod. Uh, Stephen A. Smith today said that Jalen Brown, he thinks, is better than both Jimmy Butler and Paul George. And he said with a straight face. Uh, and, he, you know, he referenced playoff Jimmy, but he's like, join the regular season. Um, your face that you're making right now was the same face that J.J. Redick made, uh, which I saved to my phone to be used. He's not better phone. than Jimmy Butler. No, I thought I thought it was I thought it was pretty ridiculous myself. One of these uh, one of these players is in the finals. No, it's not even that. It's just that like we've seen what Jimmy can do on both ends. Like Jalen, I like Jalen. I'm I'm someone who I'm a fan of Jalen. Yeah, I like him too. I've long admired Jalen. I know he's had this. I know he's had the struggles with the ball handling over time. He is a young player, and so that's also maybe something that Stephen A. has taken into account a little bit. I don't know. Um, again, I didn't see the clip. I'd have to go back and look at it. Um. I mean, Jalen Brown did make second team all NBA credit for him. Good for him. We've seen regular season, Jimmy, <laughs> so he might not be the most locked in Jimmy, but like when Jim, when both players are locked in, I think Jalen, Jalen's the better shooter for sure. But Bam is, I think the better playmaker. He's the better defender on and off the ball not Jalen is very good defensively but I just think when Jimmy is like completely like playoff Jimmy 
Uh, I think he's the. I just think he's the better defender. Uh, of course, obviously, when he's a hundred percent healthy. I mean, Bob Myers said it best. It was uh, the the clips circ, uh, circulating now. It was at the ESPN Sports uh, Sloan Sports Analytics Conference, and he talked about the playoffs and how it's a different game. And he was saying that you know you can't hide in the playoffs. It's like well-rounded players, players that you know, play at a three sixty, you know, or have basically multiple dimensions to their game are the ones that play best. You know, yeah. and the and those who are one-dimensional players, you know, uh, you take away what makes them great. And then all of a sudden there are non-factors in the playoffs because it's a completely yeah. different game. And um, that made me think about, that made me think about Jimmy uh, for a minute. And then, you know, I had just seen the Jalen Brown comments too. So it was uh, something I was thinking about while I was at the gym tonight, but. Um, Jalen's uh, a damn good player and he's going to get his money one way or the other, but just, just, I think Jimmy's the more efficient. He's but, the better but, playmaker. He's the better defender. I think just from like a shooting perspective, like I think Jalen's a better long range shooter, but he also shoots more of them. But at the same yeah, time, uh, I say that that's also what I mean. Jimmy. Playoff Jimmy makes I mean. threes. So it's, it's what I mean is like you see, so like to connect with what Bob Myers was saying, you see who is the better what all round uh, player in the playoffs. And you see right. someone like me, Butler, being able to erupt into the superhero that is playoff Jimmy at times, right? And will a game and, right. you know, I didn't see, you know, like I had Jalen Brown on my fantasy team this year. He only went to a championship, so like go go Jalen Brown. But at the at the same time, you know, you look in game seven and weaknesses are exposed. And you're right, he is a young player. He has time to fix this. But twenty six, you know, I he, think. Yeah. The inability He's just entering like the like the kind of the age, the prime years. Yeah, exactly. The inability to go left is something that he needs to work on. You know, he shot atrociously. Um, yeah. you know. And it's like, but those are the things that get exposed in the playoffs. So, like, tie back to kind of what Stephen A. was saying, where he's like, I think he's a better player. I totally disagree. And it's from that perspective that, you know, if you are a amazing basketball player and a well-rounded basketball player, then you show up in the biggest moments in the playoffs. And um, that's kind of where I draw the line. So Stephen A. saying that he's better than Paul George and Jimmy Butler is definitely not better than Jimmy Butler. And uh, and and I can kind of leave it at that because we got a we got a couple minutes. We got to wrap this up. But game one is tomorrow in the Mile High City. Uh, we didn't talk about how altitude is going to play into things, but uh, I mean they've they're professional athletes. They should be able to figure that one out. The players don't seem worried about it, but. When you're coming, I mean, they're never going to say they're worried about it, even if they are. Um, no. But they're everyone seems chill, which just really gives me a lot of confidence, to be honest with you. I mean, that's just how this team is. Uh, but in general, when you're when you play a grueling seven game series and you have two days rest compared to a team who's been there, who has like nine, ten days rest, it's a little different. But uh, I give the I still give the edge to Miami with that though because they're I they're, they're really, I well I gave them the same edge against the Bucks and it worked. You did. Yeah, so, again, there's the, there's the thing. Don't listen to anything I say. Ring rust, baby. Have some guts, Matt. <laughs> I listen. I never said. I never. Or, or okay, before we end, real quick, what's your prediction of this series? Uh, oh, I, it's the same. It's the same prediction I gave with uh, Marcus on um, on Sportsnet yesterday. Um, but I will say Heat and seven. Wow! 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 Okay. Don't count. Don't count out this Miami team. Count them out at your own risk. I'm not going to count them out, 
because I think this will be, a, I mean, I won't count them out in respect that I think it'll be a long series, but I still have Nuggets in six. All right. Well, let's see what happens. Anyway, thank you for listening. As always, me and Matt love doing this. Uh, so like and subscribe and stay tuned to hothothoops.com for all your finals coverage and get ready to see Matt live tweet a finals for the first time in his career. Let me see, be, be, hopefully me being wrong again. Well, <laughs> you get wrong every time so far and I love it. Every Go time heat. except the Knicks series. <laughs> That's fair enough. Go Heat. All right. Go Heat.